Welcome to the Fat Stacks Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Ezoic, which is a Google certified publishing partner and platform that helps niche publishers like myself earn as much money from websites as possible via split testing all kinds of ad types and networks honing in on the configuration that makes as much money as possible for every URL. If you publish in each website and monetize with display ads, give Ezoic a shot today. Now on to today's regular programming, which is the income report for October 2018. For a few years, I've been publishing income reports that profile some of my niche sites. For a while, it was just two sites. I expanded it to seven of my niche sites. It's not all of them. It does not include anything to do with fat stacks. That's uh, irrelevant. It's a separate beast altogether. The income reports have nothing to do with that. So I just want to make that clear. So the seven sites I uh, do include in the income report, they vary in size. I do it more for illustrative purposes. I also use these sites as my experience and testing and so on and so forth that uh, basically provides all the fodder for the Fat Sacks blog, podcast, videos, etc., etc. So let's talk about October numbers. Let's just jump right to it. That's mostly what people are looking for with income reports. All right, so revenue went up, so did traffic. Uh, It was one of those rare months where both traffic and revenue per thousand visitors went up, so that is cool. Usually it's one or the other goes down, and uh, well, that's just the way it is. So October was good. Uh, The total revenue for all seven sites was $46,821 U.S. dollars. That was up from September, which was uh, $42,500. Most of that revenue is from one niche site. It's my biggest site. It's a site I put the bulk of my time into. Uh, I also invest the most in the content every month. And it makes sense that I do so. The RPM for that site is quite high. It has... uh, Well, it's just a very successful site, so I might as well focus on that. So I do. Uh, That site alone earned $37,200. I have another site. uh, I call it Niche Site 2 on the FatSex blog and the income reports, and that did $5,500. That site's been more or less in a plateau for a number of years. I don't really do any work on it. That's a fairly small niche site. There's not a whole lot of room to grow it. It serves mostly a uh, particular business industry. I promote a couple of products with affiliate. There's some ads on there. Uh, like I said, it's it's plateaued, but I also don't have to really do much work for that. Uh, niche sites three and four are what I would consider my mid-sized sites. They're actually not that big of sites. They don't earn a whole lot, but they're mid-sized relative to uh, my my sites. Uh, they did uh, twenty-seven hundred dollars and one thousand two hundred respectively. And uh, they're, they're nice sites to have in my portfolio because they actually get quite a bit of traffic. And But because the revenue is not like huge amounts, I can use them as guinea pigs. And I do. I test all sorts of things on them. If, if something goes awry, it's really not a big deal. But it's also enough traffic that I could actually get some decent testing results. So those sites are kind of like the play around sites. Uh, one of them has actually got really good potential. I just don't have the time or the resources to really pour on the gasoline on that. The other one is kind of floundering, and it, it's actually grown, which is, actually blows my mind because 
it's, it's, it's kind of a mess of a site, but it is growing, and uh, so that's kind of interesting. I still don't really know ultimately how that one's going to end up. And then sites five, six, and seven, the last three there are just tiny little sites. They don't even earn 100 bucks per month. Uh, essentially, I guess I've come to basically just putting them in the old hip pocket for now and save them for a rainy day. They're not worth selling. They have potential they just need a lot a lot of work a lot of content so on and uh i don't i don't really know how much i'm going to devote to them but anyways they're there and they're kicking along so uh that's the revenue side expenses also went up for really two reasons uh first off i and i'll discuss this after this i i I switched all my sites into ezoic platform for ad revenue and that contributed nicely to the increase in revenue, but it also added a bit to the expense. So let me explain why. Zoic has what's called a uh, premium advertiser program, which you pay a monthly fee to get into, but you earn more ad revenue. And they do show you what your ad revenue is from the premium program inside the, your dashboard. And so you can see that the premium ads are actually earning more than the fee. So as long as it is, obviously makes sense to join. Now, at first I was kind of chagrined about like, you know, it's the first ad ad platform I've ever been in that said, hey, pay us and we'll actually show better ads. And I actually emailed them and said, uh, you know, shouldn't you just show the best ads you can all the time? for publishers and they said well yeah uh, but the problem is is it, we actually nurture these relationships and it's actually fairly labor intensive to, to manage this for sites and so we've got to charge a fee but where it, where it was really interesting and where now I don't mind paying this at all is uh, this is the only fee you pay to Ezoic, all right? a lot of other ad networks they don't say hey it's going to cost you five grand to use our network but they're taking a percentage, and it's usually not a small percentage of your ad revenue, and that can add up. Uh, so now with this premium Ezoic ad program, what I really like about it is the transparency. I know exactly what I'm paying them every month uh, for their fee. And obviously, I, you know, I'm no ad network's going to work for nothing. They got to make money too, and so I like this transparency. So I'm I'm all about it. I really like it. The the it definitely pays off. The premium ads uh, do earn at least according to the dashboard, so uh, very happy. But at the end of the day, the Zoic uh, total revenue, that's what matters. What gets in my pocket went up, and so the results have been very good with the Zoic, and all my sites are on there. The other reason uh, expenses went up was I actually bought a bunch of products from Amazon, not for personal use, but actually for this business. I've uh, just slowly but surely started buying some products to do reviews uh, for a couple of niche sites. And uh, typically my my practice is if I'm going to review something, if I'm going to call it a review on the website, uh, I have to have used it, whether it's been uh, provided to me for free or I go out and buy it or I have it kicking around and I had bought it. I like to actually use it in order if I'm going to call it a review. So I spent 420 bucks on a bunch of different products. I'm going to do some reviews. Um, so that contributed to higher expenses. Um, the other thing was not really a huge jump, but I switched. Well, I didn't switch. I added a list over to MailChimp. I've typically used AWeber for email marketing. I'm not going to get into the whole backstory on that, but uh, I imported uh, 55,000 subscriber list into MailChimp, so that added $388 to my expenses. So 
total expenses came out to 8,663. Net income for just these 70 sites was 38,000. Also uh, invested uh, heavier than I have in the last couple of months in content. Uh, I had a bunch of inventory after the summer of content, so we spent a couple of months getting that published. Still have uh, some some more there, but uh, it, was, it was sort of getting toward the end of that, and so I invested, what was it, uh, 8000 bucks in the new content using a variety of providers. actually hired a full-time in-house writer who's been fantastic, also using writer access and word, uh, trying word agents, uh, did a small order with them. So content investment went up. And so, uh, typically, this is debatable and contentious. Uh, I don't really count net income after content investment. I count net income after the expenses. I consider content an investment, uh, but whatever. We're we're splitting hairs here. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, after the content, uh, net income is thirty thousand bucks. So that's the income report for October. Uh, overall, I'm very pleased. Uh, I expect, based on early November numbers, it's going to go up. Um, Ezoic's really cranking up nicely for me. It's November. Now, the, the only thing is, this is what's weird, right? Over the years, I have noticed that uh, here's basically the annual big picture view of my traffic for my biggest site. Uh, January through May, big big increase in organic traffic every month, month over month. Hit May, I hit a plateau, kind of skate through the summer on a plateau. It's not bad. Uh, It doesn't go down. A lot of sites suffer a downward traffic trend in summer. I don't. Uh, So that's cool. Plateau's fine. And then what I would notice over the years, last couple of years, is come come September, October, traffic dips down and then in December plummets. Summer's terrible for traffic. So while the RPM's slowly climb throughout the fall, especially November, December, RPMs can be really great. The lower traffic comes out to, well, not even a wash. Actually, revenue has typically gone down. So overall, I'm very happy with October because traffic went up, which is unusual, and RPMs went up. So uh, early numbers for November looking very, very good. It's uh, only been one week, but traffic is up and RPMs are way up. So that's that's interesting. That's, that's a big change for November. So Let's talk about a couple of the changes, and then I'm going to wrap this up with some questions. I sent this income report out to email readers for Fat Stacks. Some uh, s- several readers were cool enough and had some good questions, so I can uh, add that to the podcast here today. Switched uh, to Azoic was a big change in uh, October. Actually, I started that in September. I moved those uh, two mid-sized sites to Azoic. Just wanted to see how they would perform, and they actually did very, very well. Uh, well, one saw a 5 6% increase in revenue, but the other site saw a 51% increase in revenue, and that was very, very impressive. So I hemmed and hawed uh, for a number of reasons uh, before switching all my sites, including my biggest sites, over to Ezoic. One of my, my biggest reluctant uh, reason for it was I use a progressive web app. I, I did use, I was using that, and I really like that for user experience on mobile for visitors, and I'd have to let that go if I switched to Zoic. Uh, ultimately, I decided uh, I wanted to give a Zoic a try, so I, I bailed on that progressive web app and switched everything to Zoic, and numbers turned out to be very, very good. Uh, Zoic does have a, a progressive web app. I'm not using it but I made down the road. So switching to Zoic so far has been excellent. I was uh, quickly admitted into the premium program, and that has turned out well, too. 
Another big change I did in October was I basically started and wrapped up a huge tagging effort. I actually I have a, another blog, blog, podcast about this as well as a blog post. Uh, essentially what I did is I, I've never tagged posts before on any of my sites. I just categorize them and that's it. That was the only taxonomy I really used. But it, it occurred to me, well, I actually heard someone talk about tagging at a uh, recent conference I was at, and I thought, wow, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So I planned them out. It wasn't I just like random went in there and just tagged like 20 tags on a post, no matter what, without any thought behind it. I actually sat down and I filtered all my articles and I, I applied tags where there were at least three or four or five articles for a particular sub topic within the site and then I would use that tag. So every tag has more than one article. Most have like four or five plus and some have 50 plus articles to that tag. And so I went about it very methodically and it took a long time because it was thousands of posts. But anyways, I wrapped that up in October and I'm very happy about that. And uh, it's been helpful for spotting areas uh, that I'm lacking content, topics that I could cover more in depth. It's also been helping with uh, a big interlinking uh, task that I'm on. So now that we've tagged them, I have a VA who's going through and interlinking all the articles within those tags uh, just because I've really I've really dropped the ball on the interlinking over the years. I mean, I do it, but it's sort of like publish the article, do it haphazardly, and then move on. Never really did it full scale. So now I'm going back and I'm doing it full scale and see what happens so, uh, traffic-wise, um, ho- hopefully it's going to have a huge benefit to the site. I, th- I think it will, and I think oh, it's also good for user experience. So it's a win-win. There's really there's really no downside to doing that. So so that's what I'm working on now. Those are the big changes in October. Really, uh, I guess there was also the switch to Mailchimp, but you know that's that wasn't a huge deal. I just moved a, a big list over to Mailchimp. Uh, FYI, Mailchimp is awesome. Uh, I, uh, I use Aweber. I like Aweber. Uh, I'm keeping FastX on Aweber. Uh, it's easy to use. It's it's antiquated though. Mailchimp is a very very cool email platform. It's not the cheapest though, but I really like it. So there there's a plug for Mailchimp. Um, um, I think it's uh, very easy to use and has a lot of really cool features. Uh, basically, at the end of the day, what I've come down to realize is what the, the big benefit here of using both a Weber and Mailchimp is. It sort of insulates or ensures against any problems. If if I have a problem with one list and that gets deleted or banned or whatever in an email autoresponder service, uh, the other list, the other important lists aren't impacted. Whereas if you have them all in one account and they shut down the account, you lose everything. So that's really the main reason I, I split them up. So let's talk about some questions I had from some readers via email. And I, 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 I really like it when uh, email readers reply and send questions. Uh, I try to get back to everyone. Uh, this time, instead of actually responding to everyone personally, I thought, hmm, let's, let's throw out the questions in an email and I'll answer them all. And uh, hopefully that helps uh, more than just the person who asked. So question number one was, how can you get 40,000 from ads in a month? Is your traffic massive? Well, yeah, I agree. 40,000 40, is good, and I'm uh, very happy about that. Uh, but let's put this into perspective here. It's actually not that much ad revenue uh, considering many, many other websites on the web. I mean, I, 
there are many, many sites that, that do far better than that. And that's really a, a really terrific aspect of being an online publisher, uh, whether you monetize with ads or affiliate offers or whatever. There really is no ceiling to your earnings. I mean, traffic is so plentiful. Uh, the potential is enormous. And so I really like that. I mean, 40000 is fantastic. And you know, many years ago when I was starting out to think that you would get there was like mind boggling. But here I am. And, you know, to think that, well, there are sites out there that do more than a million a month in ad revenue, easy, some multi, multi, many millions of dollars per month uh, is that that's mind blowing. But there are many sites that do it. It's just a matter of traffic and monetization. So in terms of my site and reaching those numbers, well, I will admit that that site that does the lion's share of the ad revenue, it has an above average RPM from ads, and that's due to being in uh, quite a commercial niche, as well as uh, the content I publish is very, very long, so the ad exposure is long. A lot of ads show up, uh, the, the sticky ads have a long exposure, the video ad has a long exposure. So these long exposures really contribute to a higher RPM. So that makes a big difference. The in terms of overall traffic for my new sites, if we look at all seven add all seven of them up, uh, it's gonna fall between a million and two million visitors a month. And uh, again while it seems like a lot, and it's it, it it's decent, uh, it's it's a pittance compared to a lot of sites out there. I, I would think, in most niches, a, a top tier niche would at the low end have ten million monthly visitors, and many many top tier sites in their respective niches are are going to be well above that. Something to shoot for, right? All right, so moving on, next question. Do I use the Zoic PWA or Progressive Web App? I discussed this already. No, no, I'm not using it. They do have one. I'm. If I do try it, I'll probably test it on one of the smaller sites, one of those mid-sized sites that are the guinea pig sites, see how it works on those. And, and if that's an excellent experience, I may switch it over to the bigger site. But uh, for now, I'm not doing it. The other question was, uh, did I move away completely from the Mobimi PWA? That was uh, the progressive web app I was using before I switched to Ezoic. And yes, I have. I, it was impossible to use Ezoic just the way the whole setup is and to also retain the, the PWA. just wasn't going to work. It was incompatible. So that, that was actually the big reason I was kind of reluctant to make the switch, but ultimately decided so far I'm very happy about that. But uh, I did uh, did move away from that. So another question, which is somewhat involved, is why did you get so many complaints from email subscribers with AWeber? What happened or what did you do? Okay, so I moved that big list, 55K, into MailChimp. Um, and the reason I did that is several months ago, I received an email. That, that list used to be in the AWeber account. And I received an email from AWeber, and it said, uh, warning, your complaint numbers are too high. And I was like, whoa. Uh, because I've heard of stories where Aweber just unilaterally, unannounced, shut down accounts, like the entire thing, just gone. Like, and you know, I I don't want that to happen. I've got like the Fatstacks uh, newsletter and my other B two B site newsletter. These are like foundation to these these businesses. So to lose those just wasn't worth it. And the the fifty five k sub newsletter with uh, the niche site, a uh, lot of subscribers which, you know, fair amount of opens and readers and so on and so forth, but not lucrative, not even, like, it's a joke, it's ridiculous, it's it's almost, unless I try hard, it doesn't even pay for the, the newsletter service, so, actually, I, I just decided, like, I didn't even have to think about it, I'm like, I'm just going to 
export them into a CSV and just remove them from Aweber. I mean, if Aweber thinks that this is uh, their problem, it's just, it's not worth the risk. And the funny thing was, is I looked at the complaint rates, and it was like like nine to twenty complaints per email. I sent an email like every three days or something like that, or every two days. And I was like, that's like it never registered to me that that could actually be an issue because that's 55,000 subscribers and it's under, it's like 20 or under complaints. And I thought that was like the percentage is like ridiculously low. That's not a problem. According to Aweber, it was, I think Aweber is overly sensitive with these things. So anyways, I didn't even like think about it. I'm not going to risk my other more lucrative niche uh, lists. And I just yanked them, threw them in a CSV and just sat on them. Ultimately decided the newsletter for that new site was worth it just for brand building and uh, engagement with readers and so forth. And so I uh, relaunched it in MailChimp and um, trying some other formats that seem to be working pretty well. That's info and topics for another podcast. But essentially, what did I do? I don't really know what I did. I don't know why I got those complaints. I I even say at the top of the email newsletter, you know, you could subscribe below if, if you don't want this anymore. I even explain in every email how, why they're getting the newsletter. Like I was like, up front, like I wasn't trying anything weird. Most of it was just like links to my various sites. I did have some email newsletter ads in there. That could have been it. I don't know. But anyways, Aweber thought it was a problem. And so I bailed on it. So before I went to MailChimp, I thought it'd be interesting. I thought, well, why don't I just put that newsletter in a separate Aweber account under a different, you know, e- email login and all that. And so I asked them if I could do that. And they said, well, you can, but you shouldn't. So I'm going to make a difference. And I'm like, well, it'll insulate the other lists, right? Like, you're not going to shut down both accounts. Well, yeah, but I don't know. I couldn't get a straight answer out of them. I'm like, you guys, this is like 400 bucks a month, like recurring revenue. You're not really trying to help me out here. So I was kind of surprised by that. And then, and then they were saying like, well, it doesn't really look like you have a problem in your account. And so I, uh, I said, well, you guys sent me an email. So I sent the email to him and he said, oh, that's just a warning. It's not a big deal. I'm like, well, I think it's a big deal because there, there have been many accounts where, you, where Aweber will just unilaterally shut you down. And uh, um, they said, no, no, we, we always give a warning. I said, well, yeah, exactly. I just got the warning. So what's next? So anyways, I, I didn't really want to argue so much about it. It's just like clearly it, there wasn't going to be like a sol- easy solution here. So I just switched over to MailChimp and happy I did that. So so that's the reason. And, and what did I do with Aweber? I really don't know. Uh, you know, 55,000 subscribers in a niche, there's always going to be, you send an email, there's going to be people who aren't going to be happy about it. And I didn't think 9 to 20 or so was that big of a deal, but apparently it was. So that's that's what happened there. Now, uh, now the next question. How long has the site been making over 10000 per month? Quite a few years. Uh, I'm not going to get into the whole saga of the site, but it's, it's been a long time. It's had high high levels of traffic for a long time. I find, you know, which niche sites, I go through periods of growth and then it plateaus, periods of growth, then it plateaus. So uh, it's it's been at fairly high traffic levels for a, a number of years. So it's been a, a good earner. There's been even times where the traffic has gone down and then it goes up, 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 and then it plateaus and may go down a little bit and then up, up, up sort of thing. I mean, that's just the way these, these things grow over the long, long term. Various Google updates can have various impacts on the site. Fortunately, I've never had any sort of catastrophic drop or anything like that, but uh, it's the nature of growing a site. So it's been a, it's been a big, good earning site for a long, long time. Uh, so that that's it. It's it's these days. It's pro, it's earning more than it 
ever had, well, I had uh, earlier in 2019, there were some very, very good months as well. Uh, traffic sort of edged down a bit over the summer from some spring highs, but that was to be expected. But anyway, so it's doing well and it's it's been a, a good site for me for years. And last question I got, which is going to seem out of left field if you're listening to this podcast, uh, just because it's in the income report where in terms of the content provider, but I uh, placed a test order, small order with word agents. And uh, so a reader is asking, well, how much do they charge? Uh, the answer to that is it's going to vary. Uh, it's, it's kind of a boutique service. You 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 talk to uh, the, uh, a rep there or the owner and you tell them what you need and they'll give you a custom quote on what the cost is going to be. It's really going to depend on how much research is involved, what you expect, what type of content it is, so on and so forth. So uh, they aren't the cheapest. I've used them quite a bit in the past. The content has uh, usually been quite good, so I've been quite happy. Uh, we'll see how long I uh, use them. I just wanted to check out a small order, which is five articles, and we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, the guy who runs the thing is a super guy, super friendly, f- responds quickly to questions uh, so as, as uh, running a service excellent I think he's slamming busy which is shows that obviously he's in demand so uh, you'd have to reach out to them and explain what your needs are and they'll get you a custom quote so that's a wrap on October income report we had a bunch of things going on this last uh, couple of months actually which which is always fun a little nerve-wracking though I have to say it's a little bit stressful changing ad networks is exciting but also kind of gut-wrenching at the same time i i do it every year too it's sort of been the pattern over the years this is actually not my first go with azoic i've used them uh years ago i used them for quite a while i've always liked azoic i like their customer service i think the revenue is good uh i think i think now it's the best platform it's ever been i think the premium ads is a huge service i think the the data analytics and all the data you get on revenue like for instance let me this this is crazy, right? Because like, you can't do this in, in AdSense. Like you can't do this if you use multiple ad networks. But you can actually see how much a single article, any article you want on your site that's running a Zoic ads, you can actually see how much that article makes on a uh, per thousand visitor basis, but also the total revenue. So you can actually go through and filter or sort your highest earning pages by just total revenue or by revenue per thousand people visitors I should say and which is super helpful data I've never had access to such great data from from ad revenue I've always always used a mishmash of various ad networks and now that I can like look and see wow okay those topics earn like four times as much as topics why like okay I'm not going to cover topic why anymore because no matter how much traffic they get they're never going to earn that much money and you know Topic X earns four times that, and it's excellent, and there's a lot more I could do there, so I might as well cover that. So really useful information, pretty interesting stuff. So anyways, back to Azoic, and uh, the switch is not pleasant. It's gut-wrenching because you don't know how it's going to work out. And it was, Fortunately, I didn't really even have any like technical problems or anything. Everything went smoothly, but you just never really know and it took it took a couple of days to get get everything all sorted out uh, i think i lost about a full day of revenue just because of propagation and that which which i don't really like but anyways worked out in the end that's a wrap on the income report for t- october 2019 podcast version thanks for listening <laughs>